Thomas, welcome to the Bitcoin Source. Can we start things off by having you introduce yourself to the audience? Yeah, sure. Well, first, thank you for having me. So, I uh, I've been a Bitcoiner for several years, and along with uh, a close friend of mine and my my brother, we st- we decided we're going to get into actually going all in and working in the Bitcoin space as of last year, and we. We started our uh, our website, heyapollo.com, which is a, a place for, for people or Bitcoiners specifically to come and review Bitcoin products in the industry. And it's actually, it's a SATS-based economy where people can come, come and actually upvote other people's opinions based on what they've learned about all the different Bitcoin products in the industry. And we're trying to help educate, educate people really just get along the mission of helping push forward Bitcoin adoption. Most definitely. I think that that's super interesting. Thank you for the introduction, Thomas. So before we get into Apollo Sats, which I think is a really interesting company, I'm super excited to have you on and to talk about this. Before I get into that, I really want to know, like, where did you source your Bitcoin knowledge when you first got orange pilled or you first got onboarded into the Bitcoin ecosystem, whether it was books, courses, or even people that might have inspired you? So could you kind of give a quick explanation of any of those um, events that might have, you know, made you into the Bitcoin that you are today? Yeah, sure. So the one thing I, I would say for me personally, and I, I think this is probably a pretty common experience for many, is that. I was orange pilled along many different touch points. If I wasn't somebody that stumbled across Bitcoin one day and was like, oh, I've got it. Um, what it was was a, peer, a, a whole range of experiences. First, helping me understand sort of the problem, actually. So I have a background in finance and in a prior, prior life, I suppose, I, I was working in the sort of investment strategy, helping uh, some pension funds in Australia work on their, how to actually invest their assets and their strategic asset allocation and this sort of work. And this is back in sort of 2015, 2016. And at the time I was, I would do a lot of reading and the, the one thing that, and I was very heavily influenced by someone like a Ray Dalio. Uh, and I, and I would, and what, what kept coming up actually was a really common theme across everybody in the more generic investment or TradFi industry was we were in what was what they'd call a low return environment. It was like, well, well what, is, what does that mean? It's like, oh, okay, well, the, there's an entire bubble of assets across everything. It's the, the everything bubble. Okay. What, well, what does that mean? Oh, well, actually, everything has become devalued relative. Well, everything has got a hypervaluation, I should say, relative to cash. Cash has become worthless uh, relative to stocks and bonds, and everything is inflated in price. And I would talk to these investment managers, and they would actually explain to me, even though they weren't uh, Bitcoiners themselves at all, but they would point to the charts and they would say, look what's happening with quantitative easing. It's pumping all financial assets. Can't, you know, oh, what, is, what, is, what is quantitative easing? Oh, they're printing money. Oh, okay. And so that was before I was really a, 
Bitcoiner per se, but I understood what was what was happening, what's the problem. And, you know, I was influenced by someone like Nassim Taleb, which is somewhat uh, ironic given his actual sort of current stance on Bitcoin, but he would write about things like, uh, you know, having a bar, barbell in your portfolio and, and, and looking to find a sort of a, things that could really 10x in value or had that that uh, high return possibility. And so that was actually what originally got me interested in Bitcoin was the two things being, I knew there was something wrong with the money. And I thought Bitcoin uh, had that potential of, hey, this thing could 10x pretty easily, which, you know, and, and, it's, and it has had really good returns. So that wasn't... Uh, but it's only, and I was just somebody that was maybe even relatively lucky because I, frankly, I was invested in Bitcoin before I actually understood what Bitcoin was. Um, now I look at Bitcoin completely differently or I don't think about it like, this isn't an investment strategy for me now. Now I recognize Bitcoin as being this freedom money and, and, and really it was, this uh, experience of the last couple of years, the last few years, say 2020, 2021, that was what really orange pilled me um, to the to the extent of understanding that Bitcoin isn't isn't you know some something to trade. Bitcoin is Bitcoin is the life raft, really, um, and so. To, to who my influences were, I would say early on it was more investment related people and but but more more recently it was actually real life experiences like being uh, living in Melbourne, Australia and being locked down for two years and then having the experience of going, well, how can they do that? Well, they can do that because you can lock down an economy and you can simply print the money. And you can get away with it, but you can't do that under a Bitcoin standard. If you have freedom, you know, th there are certain things that fiat money allows for that a, a better, fairer system simply, simply uh, saves you from. So that was a real, the real orange pilling experience. But, you know, as, as for the people that helped me get to get along that journey, I mean, it was all the, the classic sources of recently, like, the Bitcoin standard or um, reading the sovereign individual, um, reading, reading some Michael Saylor was en enormously helpful in understanding Bitcoin. And I think that he was like that for a lot of people where we might have actually even been Bitcoiners before Michael, but he just came in and elucidated it so perfectly and explained it that it was a real glass shattering moment for so many more people to actually not just not just see it as an investment, but really get it, really get it. Yeah, I, I love that, Thomas. You know, it's so interesting and beautiful to hear other Bitcoiners talk about Bitcoin, because even for me, um, The Sovereign Individual was a book that was massively impactful into my Bitcoin journey. Right. And I got in in 2017, but 
in 2017, I didn't understand the first principles. I didn't understand the fundamentals. And one of the main things that you said that I found very interesting was when you talked about freedom money. And you know how Michael Saylor and some other people talk about, you know, understanding Bitcoin to be this very laborious process where you need a hundred hours of study and all these different things. And I think that that holds true because once you really understand what this asset is, the power that it holds for your freedom, for your sovereignty, you realize that this is not just something that you trade or that you use as a store of value. This is truly freedom because it opens up your low time preference. It opens up the ability to be free and to do things that you truly love and are passionate about. And that kind of segues into um, your company, Apollo Sats, which I know you're passionate about. And, you know, without Bitcoin, a company like this probably would never exist. So my next question is, is that um, I'm aware that Apollo is a great way to share your experiences on like a variety of Bitcoin products and to get paid in Satoshis, which I think is ultra cool. Um, what inspired you to build and co-found the company Apollo Sats? Well, our mission is to help Bitcoin adoption. And we just, at the beginning, we were thinking about how can we, you know, just make a little bit of a dent in, in the universe, so to speak. Just just make a tiny, you know, Bitcoin doesn't need any of us, but all of us can help just a tiny bit. And we just wanted to help in any way we could. And at the time, our feeling was there are, I don't think us, say, creating like a, exchange or some other platform to buy bitcoin was necessarily going to move the needle very much because it's not really our, our like our strength and there's already a lot of exchanges going around uh so there's plenty of options but what i thought and i didn't think we had the skill sets necessarily to be building our own kind of wallets or we're not, we're, we're, we're a technical team, but we're not, uh, that kind of that, those kind of technical skills. So what we had to try and find was a way where we could make a contribution, uh, but also it, that it matched our skill sets and also matched, find a, a niche way to contribute to the overall mission, which is Bitcoin adoption. So we actually just went on a process of talking to a lot of people, just trying to orange pill people, basically. Uh, we would actually even like go on the streets and just talk to random people and tell them about Bitcoin, try and figure out what their objections are, what their, what their big issue was. Um, and so that we could try and, you know, if we figure out what problem they have, we can figure out what, like we can find a solution, but what problems do they have? And the big thing that actually kept coming up was that even if you could, putting aside the people, there are always going to be people that have a strong, uh, strong wall and just are not interested, and that's fine. But for the ones that were interested, the really common question you would get was, okay, but where do I go now? What, like... Where do I learn more, and how do I do this? And the, and the thing about the thing about Bitcoin is that it's this totally decentralized rabbit hole, which is incredible 
but it also means that there's kind of nowhere to go, nowhere obvious in the sense of like, well, you want to learn about, you want to learn about the best products, you know, hop on Bitcoin, Twitter. Well, what does that really mean? You know what I mean? Like it, yes, if you're somebody that's already obsessed with it, you already have this information at your fingertips because you're just so far deep in the rabbit hole that you follow a thousand other Bitcoin plebs online and you have this information, but for somebody new to the space, there's not like a obvious, um, front page of Bitcoin or somewhere just like, yeah, give me some basic information. So that was the kind of the genesis of the idea. And then, um, it also happens to be that we're just as a team collectively, like really excited about the lightning network because it's this, it, it, it's, it's, it's this incredible thing where you can have, you know, instant global payments, micro payments, instant settlement anywhere, anywhere across the world. And it totally connects everybody. We have people just about every country in the world using Apollo and we're sending them economic, real economic value instantly. And there's nothing, in, there's nothing in the world like this. And that is an incredibly exciting tool. And it makes us think, well, what other business models are out there that never existed before, before this brand new technology and lightning is really brand new. I mean, it's, it's been building for a few years, but when you look, when you look at the space, it's really completely taken off in the last 18 months. So this is absolute uh, cutting edge when it comes to payment technology. And I think there's going to be a, a just an enormous, uh, absolute explosion of new ideas of new business models that come out of lightning. And we were just trying to go, okay, how can we tap into that? How can we use lightning to create something new? And the idea of getting people to be, uh, transmitting sats online, uh, passing, you know, using, instead of liking each other's reviews, which is what you might do on a Facebook or Twitter or something, or Reddit, you know, Reddit has their upvotes, but what about if it's real economic value? That's exciting. That's cool. Um, and how does that affect the way people interact when they can actually get real economic rewards for their work? Um, and what, what incentives does that create? Um, so that, that, that was the, that was our thought process as we, as we started to, to build Apollo. You know, there was a couple of things that you said that I just found super profound and interesting. And one of them was talking about the lightning network because people outside of the Bitcoin universe, they think that, you know, they listen to the media and they get wrapped up in FUD and confusion and misinformation. And they always talk about speed and saying that Bitcoin can't scale. It's slow. It's the first one. The first things are never the things that continue to um, be utilized in any kind of innovation. Right. And then you talk about the lightning network, which is a layer on top of the original Bitcoin blockchain, which makes it faster, more efficient, cheaper, um, frictionless, cross-border ability. And then you have a company like your company where um, I found it very interesting because when you look at a lot of companies that give product reviews, 
like you said, there's no incentive to get paid, right? But oh, you're, I'm looking into, um, you know, cold hardware wallets, right? And if I say, I like cold card, what, what can I do with cold card? Or where can I get some validation with cold card to say, is this product worth my time as a Bitcoiner to use as a store of value to, you know, harness and hold my, my digital assets over the long term? Instead of asking one of my fellow plebs that might not give me you know, a hundred percent opinion, they might have some bias towards cold card. You can find the people that actually enjoy cold card and say, Hey, not only do we love the company cold card, but we're actually getting paid to give an honest review. And I think that that brings the review level up so much more, um, as an authentic review because people are getting paid to actually talk about what they love. So I just want to thank you here and now in this podcast for creating this company, because I think it's brilliant. Thank you very much. And Look, I, I think that the ability to surface information that people had but didn't necessarily have a reason to express is part of what makes it so interesting and exciting. And from a reader's perspective, just the opportunity to actually even get a good understanding of all of the different products in the industry. because. I know for myself, as I'm you know, building this site, it's been a huge education to even realize just how many different products there actually are. There is uh, so many different options. And then, of course, understanding actually what the trade-offs are. And you actually get a bit of an education into Bitcoin the more you look at the products, because each product is trying to differentiate themselves in different ways. So you have different things that focus more on privacy aspect of it or focusing more on whether some are custodial, some are not custodial and understanding the different trade-offs that come with these things. And as people actually research the products, they learn a little bit more about Bitcoin itself, which is, I think is, is fantastic. I mean, if you, if you understand, if you, have a, if you come stumble uh, across a product like Samurai on Apollo, and they say we we could help you with privacy, and then you and you go, what what does that even mean? And then you say, well, we'll help. We have this ability to offer you coin joins. What does that mean? And you start stumbling down a whole rabbit hole on your on your own. Uh, so it, it it's it's just a way to bring the information that already exists in the world that all the Bitcoin plebs already have, but just try and surface it a little bit easier so that people can uh, educate, educate themselves and then educate others. And I think that this is a really important, really important point on the educating yourself because as a Bitcoiner, it's not just your role to be trying to help other other big other people that are outside of the space learn more but you need to be constantly learning more yourself because in order to be credible you have to have the answers when people come to you with the questions so if you if if people are interested in bitcoin but they ask you some something and you don't have a good answer whether whether it be about the economics of it or whether it be about something basic like how do I actually safely store it? 
if you can't help them in that moment, they are more likely to dismiss it. And then typically what, you know, it takes a lot of touch points to actually orange pill someone. And it means that you kind of miss an opportunity and maybe it, maybe it happens for them in the next touch point. But uh, we can help each other uh, be better Bitcoiners by educating ourselves and then educate others. Most definitely. I agree with that 100 percent. And, you know, your company is competing with, you know, Yelp, Amazon reviews. And I always wanted to ask you, Thomas, was um, will your company continue to review um, just Bitcoin only products or will you eventually pivot into non Bitcoin products that just give reviews on anything and then you pay people in Satoshi? So I'm curious to know, is that something you're thinking about down the road? Yeah, look, it is. It is something we're thinking about. And the definitely at the moment, uh, our sort of sole focus is Bitcoin related products. Um, in the long run, if you just think about this in 10 years, in 20 years, well, everything is going to be integrated. Everything is going to be a Bitcoin related product in some way. I think it is in keeping with the mission to expand into other products provided that it still has the, the same sort of model where if people come and they want to uh for example review a product that's not directly related to bitcoin but in the process they earn they earn bitcoin they spend bitcoin they withdraw their bitcoin into a lightning wallet they, that they that they have this is all part of pushing the Bitcoin adoption along. And so I don't, I'm open to the idea of expanding it into non-Bitcoin related products in the future. But right now, I just don't think we're at that, that point. I think that the, the, like, there's enough, um, there's enough energy and a, and a sizable enough Bitcoin industry that I don't really see any need or desire, like, you know, in, in three years time, who knows, maybe, but, but right now in the short term, no, I think that we'll be, we'll be solely focused on reviewing Bitcoin products because, uh, just from a business model perspective as well, from our perspective, who our, our key attract attraction point, which what, what makes it sort of interesting is the sats based model behind it and realistically who wants to earn sats at the moment is bitcoiners so bitcoiners want to review bitcoin products in the long run i see sats as hey this is just money so you don't actually have to be a bitcoiner you know the ter the term bitcoiner won't really make much sense in in 10 years time will it it's just like Oh, you're a person interested in money. That's a bit shallow, <laughs> you know, like, but, 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 but right now, uh, we will be focusing on, on Bitcoin products solely in the future. Maybe. Thank you for that answer. That's kind of what I was looking for. Like as a Bitcoiner, you know, I'm kind of biased. So, you know, I was hoping that you just said like, you'll stick to Bitcoin only products, which makes perfect sense because when you really think about it, there's going to be in the next five years, there's going to be so many more products on the market just Bitcoin only, pro it's going to be ridiculous. So it's like, 
you know, there's all these other companies, Yelp, Better Business Bureau, all these other companies that give reviews on non-Bitcoin products. And the, it's so saturated with those companies where you have a company like your company, where I just find the genius of it, where you don't have a lot of companies just solely marketing and focusing on direct sales that just go into the product and what the product's capabilities are. And, you know, one thing I really, really love about this company that I think you're, that a lot of people are not doing is bounties and bounties are really cool because I think that, for example, let's say I review 10 products on your website. Um, if I'm known to have good reviews and people have actually bought the products off of the reviews that I've given you, uh, you know, Apollo will go out there and say, Hey, we have a bounty on this particular product. If you have a great review or it gets a certain amount of stars or a certain amount of attention, we'll pay you this amount of Satoshis. So my question to you, Thomas is, is that, do you think that the bounty model will kind of onboard more Bitcoiners to actually use your application in your website? Yeah, I think that it, what it, what it's doing is it makes it more exciting to be reading other, other people's reviews and upvoting or sharing your own, your own, uh, sats. Like when, when you're, when you're on, on the Apollo website to upvote is to send somebody sats. It's the same thing. And what we're trying to do is with these bounties is kind of stimulate the marketplace where people are incentivized to upvote the highest quality reviews so that, so that what you, what you see when you actually reading on Apollo is I can actually go to a moon wallet or wherever, whichever product, and you can actually filter by filter the reviews by the most sats earned. And that's another metric of seeing, of trying to surface the highest quality reviews. And so what we're using that, that bounties for is just trying to help uh, sort of grease the incentive model for a user because the, the, the magic of sats for a Bitcoiner is that they love, you know, as a Bitcoiner, you love your sats and you want to stack sats. But the, the challenge for us is also trying to get people to spend the sats, which is, which is, it is sort of a relying on honestly people's generosity in a way reflecting on, Hey, I received some value when I read this review. So I just want to upvote. I want to spread the love and I want to send some sats to that, this person for voluntarily providing me some value and people have a an extraordinary attachment to their sats so we're trying to uh, help stimulate that process of people getting comfortable sending their sats to other users and uh, one thing that is sort of cool at the moment because it's really all coming out of a sort of a, a marketing budget from our perspective is that even though a user might be paying sats to another user, if they upvote, upvoting and, and sending their, like recognizing a great review and paying them with this bounty model, it's actually like profitable for you as a user to do that because you cost 10 sats to upvote, upvote a, a review, but you get a hundred sats if you find a bounty and there are plenty of bounties on the website. It's, there's, there, are, there are heaps of them. 
So you're going to actually, if you start spreading the sats around and, and start upvoting a bunch of different reviews, you'll end up making, you know, it's, it's a profitable exercise for any user that wants to actually engage in that activity. It just takes a little bit of thoughtfulness because the way it's been designed is that the bounties are on sort of the higher quality reviews. And so if you just spray them around randomly, it won't necessarily work for you. But if you are a bit more thoughtful with actually reading the reviews and recognizing, oh, yeah, that was a really good one. Yeah, chances are it's got a bounty. Yeah, most definitely. And even for me, like, you know, I'm a writer and I do a lot of content creation. And, you know, that value for value model is so important because, for example, this podcast is now opening the doors for people to know about your company and what you're doing. And I think that that just helps the Bitcoin ecosystem as a whole. And as a high quality writer, if I want to make some Satoshis on the side, I can always say, hey, I can write some reviews of products that I love on Apollo. And I know that they're going to they're going to reach a high bar because I already write so much. And people really want to get the descriptive nature of the review and what went wrong and what went right with the product. And I think that that actually helps not only your company, but it helps the whole entire Bitcoin ecosystem. So that's why I think that this company is absolutely genius. And I hope that a lot of people that watch this show really gravitate towards your company and really utilize it for, you know, its capabilities to actually help the products and services that Bitcoin is kind of trying to bolster into the market. Well, thank you very much. I mean, that's a, that's a really generous thing for you to say. And just on your point about the incentive to writing reviews, one thing that I like about the way it's designed is that if you write a really high quality review, you will get more upvotes, which means yep. you will make more sats, you will make more money. So it's, it's designed to, uh, hopefully get people putting in effort with their content and then, you know, it'll, it'll flow back to them in this value for value model, as you described. Yeah. And, you know, I just think that it's just, it's going to be one of those things where, um, like right now you're seeing the market, you know, Bitcoin is kind of rallying. It was in this rut of like 16, 17 K now we're in the 20 K range. And I think that people are starting to wake up again. And my question to you, Thomas, is like, what do you think of the current state of Bitcoin right now at this moment? Well, it's always difficult to forecast macroeconomic events. With that said, I'm extremely bullish, extremely, extremely bullish. I just think uh, we, what we experienced last year was a combination of, well, what what we saw last year was the result of the money printing excesses in 2021. And then the government's, the, the, the feds in particular's response being, we need to, oh my God, we printed so much money. We have massive inflation. We need to suck that money back up out of the system as quickly as possible uh, to try and stop, stop, stopping CPI hitting double digits and, Look, there's no question that the, the drainage of, of dollar liquidity came in and it hit, bit, hit Bitcoin and then you had all these uh, cascading failures from these fraudulent uh, banks like FTX and so on. But that's all in the past now. And then, you, and, any, and then you look at the Bitcoin price sitting here around 20K or 21K or whatever it is. It, by any objective measure, 
it's it looks uh, it looks extremely cheap now. People need to use uh, common sense and not do. Um, people need to res listen to the wisdom of people that have been in this space for a long time. You know, it's not just a meme. The stay humble and stack sats is the the reason for that is because Bitcoin is an incredibly volatile asset, and if you use any kind of leverage or get over your skis and buy too too much more than you're actually comfortable having in a volatile investment then you're going to have a bad time but if you actually treat it like a long-term savings vehicle then you can look at it right now and go wow it's trading at about its average cost basis which is typically it 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 trades at a much higher multiple of its cost basis. And you can go, wow, the 200 week moving average price is, you know, 24K and we're trading below the 200 week, 200 week price. Wait a minute. This is an except like an exceptional uh, scenario. I mean, think back to March, 2020, when you had this incredible crash and Bitcoin barely touched its 200 week moving moving average price and bounced off it and ripped up 20x. You know, right now to be trading at these kind of price levels, it is extremely uh, cheap for in, in un, under any sort of historical measure. So, you know, I'm bullish, but realistically, People shouldn't listen to me because I'm a permable. I'm always bullish. <laughs> I was bullish when it was 60K and I'll be yeah. bullish. I'll be bullish in three years time when it's 500K. You know, I'll be like, whatever. I'm, I'm, I believe in, I believe in Bitcoin entirely. So I'm the, I'm the, the last person to take any kind of investment advice on it about, but I can, I can offer, I can explain why I'm bullish, uh, <laughs> but, uh, yeah. What do you think? I agree with you in a lot of aspects. I think that it's extremely undervalued right now. I think that the true price of Bitcoin, we don't really know what the true price is, but it's definitely more than what we're seeing on the current prices, the price market at the moment. Um, I think that this is a once in a lifetime opportunity for, you know, not only generational wealth, but just a restructuring of what we deem as value and what we deem as peer to peer transaction, right? Like look at Bitcoin and what it's actually creating. It's creating companies such as Apollo Sats, where we're actually trading the value of information, which is kind of almost as important as money, if not more important than money. And when you're dealing with a fiat legacy based system, a debt based system, the incentives are all screwed up and uh, changed. And I think that Bitcoin is um, kind of this like conduit that just came in from cyberspace that allowed us to really change the way that we view finances and change the way that we view uh, marketing. And I think that right now we saw a lot of massive money printing, like you said, Thomas, where I um, think that. Um, we're going to see another drop in price. You know, I'm not an, an analyst or, you know, a financial advisor. This is not financial advice, but I personally think that um, we're going to see another drop. I don't know what the range will be, but, and then after that drop, we're going to see a huge rally because they're still printing like crazy. Um, they're still pushing the interest rate up. And I think that Bitcoin is kind of 
resistant to these things where when the inflation rate goes high, Bitcoin kind of finds a way to rally off of it. So I think with Bitcoin, I can always check the blockchain. I can always check a transaction. If I send you some Satoshis, I can see the date and the time of exactly when you receive that Bitcoin. And I think that that transparency is key to keeping your money sovereign and strong. So um, I'm super bullish and I'm, I'm excited to see where the price is going to go in the next few months. Yeah. What, what the one thing you did say about inflation there, which I think is is a really interesting point and a good lesson for all of us, is that we really have to be very specific with what we mean when we say inflation. As a Bitcoiner, if you talk about inflation, if you say, what's the inflation rate of Bitcoin right now? Well, what you're going to do is you're, you're talking about the block reward. You're talking about, oh, okay, we have six Bitcoins every 10 minutes coming onto the market. What's the, basically, what's the increase in the supply of Bitcoin? And realistically, the same thing is true of dollars. It's, when I think of inflation, I think of what is it, what's the supply of dollars? How is that changing? Is it, is it growing or decreasing? If you, in modern parlance, if you talk to most people, when they're talking about inflation, they'll talk about the CPI value. You know, the, the, and, and that's what, say, our, our government or the Federal Reserve will look at. And Bitcoin reacts very, very differently to t these two things. If, if the dollar supply is increasing, that kind of inflation, that is extremely bullish for Bitcoin. Bitcoin will explode in price during that, those periods. But if we see inflation in the measure of CPI, the, as in the price of goods are rising, that's actually bad for Bitcoin because what's the response to higher CPI? Well, it's the Federal Reserve, that the controller of our dollars, sucking money out of the system to try and put downward pressure on the prices. And so, you know, and who knows what's going to happen with CPI? I mean, I certainly, I certainly don't. If we, if we have, you know, another outbreak of war or something like that, CPI could spike up and that's bad for Bitcoin. On the other hand, if, if CPI were to return back to its sort of 2% levels or even sub 2% as we had for a decade prior, well, that's basically gives the, the Fed carte blanche to print as much money as they want because, hey, CPI is not, <laughs> CPI is 1%, so we can print as much money as we want. And in that, in that kind of environment, you know, Bitcoin, Bitcoin explodes. Yes, I couldn't agree more. And, um, you know, the last question I have for you, Thomas, is um, one that I'm just curious about, which is, um, you know, what, what is your call to action for Apollo and what do you think is going to kind of set your company apart from any future companies that are coming in that might have product reviews or just trading uh, Bitcoin as a peer-to-peer -peer model for products that people love? Uh, well, I, I think there's going to be a lot of companies that come in with uh, this peer-to-peer uh, -peer payments. I don't think, uh, I have no doubt about that and I'm I'm excited for that. I mean, I, I think we'll we'll be featuring those companies on Apollo. <laughs> um, but uh, as to what what might set Apollo apart in the long run, well, personally, I'm hoping we we can build a a real network effect where Apollo does become the place that Bitcoin Bitcoiners go to uh, 
really find out the highest quality information about the pro products in the industry and the really listen to what uh, what the other Bitcoin plebs say about these products. And so, you know, with any kind of marketplace like this, I think there is a network effect potential. Um, but but we shall see. Yes. Um, and, and just as a call to action, I would say, you know, the, the site is heyapollo.com. So really do invite everybody to visit the site, if whether you want to actually write a product review yourself or even just just reading and, and just getting, uh, you know, doing a bit of uh, education or also just for the fun of it too. Yes, and you heard it here first from Thomas. Uh, please go out, check out his website, Apollo Sats. I think that it's a great company. I think that the things that he's doing in the Bitcoin ecosystem are really um, going to change the way that we look at products, change the way that we kind of look for validity in a product, especially because Bitcoiners are so fickle. They don't trust. They only verify. I think that Apollo Sats is going to be one of those companies that's going to allow us to really verify the products that we're buying and not only verify them, but actually get paid to do so in Bitcoin. So that's a win-win in my book. Once again, thank you for having this Bitcoin conversation, Thomas, on the Bitcoin source. Have a good one. Thank you very much. Thank you.